guest is a rising artist from Spokane, Washington. He pushes the narrative of the upper left, which means highlighting all of the Pacific Northwest music versus only highlighting Seattle. His newest project, Expresso and Shine, is out now. Introducing Django. One day you'll be proud of me, one day you gon' smile. I've been on my own, you see, I'm no perfect job. But hope one day you'll be proud of me, one day you gon' smile. I've been on my own, you see, I'm no perfect job. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Django. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, baby. What's good? What's good? Blake, thank you for having me, man. Of course. So I'm guessing you got inspiration for the name Django from the movie, or am I just off from that? That's awesome. <laughs> um, So even before that movie, and like that movie, like really like spearheaded me and made me like, okay, this is definitely a name that will support like my vision for what I want to do as an artist. But before that, I was already into the character Django. Because mm. like prior to that, there was already the Django Reinhardt and like the things are already going on. So I had already had that nickname actually in wrestling. Oh, okay. And then now with Django, the, the, the Django, Django movie <laughs> dropping. And Jamie Foxx, oh, that was another comparison. A lot of kids in school, um, I went to an all-white school. Dude, okay. same here. So a lot of them kids, like, they would compare me to Jamie Foxx. So the whole Django thing had already stuck before I'd even started rapping. Oh, shit. It was already, like, that name that was given to me, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And so, again, 
um, when I was sitting there and deciding like what name I would utilize to represent my artistry, um, one thing that was important for me was to pick a name that that to me represented like leadership. Mm. Like there's a lot of people who do like the little zins, the little da, 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 and like there's no not to that. But unfortunately, I wanted to make sure like for like my consumers and the people who listen to my hip hop, they have to realize like there's actual culture, there's actual people who want to like have like a impactful message and are actually talking about something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want this um, persona that people of color and like our our music, our style is um just ignorant music. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want that. So Django represented someone who to me was a leader who could could break the mold and do something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's probably like one of my favorite movies of all time too, by the way. Money. Come on, baby. We in the pocket then. What's up? Yeah. What's up? What's up? Hey, tell Jamie I'm ready to do the second one. Hell yeah, dude. That was a crazy yeah, ass movie know. though. That was like I just I was not expecting that to be that I have no idea. There's just no other slave movie that compares to that. They tried to um do this like psychological slave movie in the beginning of twenty like no late twenty it was like it came out in September, I think, something around there. And it was called Antebellum. Yeah. And it was like Janelle Monet, you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, I guess she's an actress now too. And um, I didn't see it. It was supposed to be like, it was a letdown, but it was basically the trailer. Uh, The trailer portrayed it as being like a switch between like back in time and present of being like a slave, and then like modern time as the same girl. But it turns out at the end, that's not what actually happened. And it was just a, it was they just stereotyped too much. Which is crazy. Like, there's so much black culture out there. I don't feel like you need to stereotype. Like, I think people want to hey, learn that's more about seeing. shit, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, don't stereotype. <laughs> Give us our unique styles. Give us our unique stories. Yeah. We're all different. We all represent something that's complementative to the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if people just looked at you and they thought you're like a Spokane artist, I feel like they'd be like, kind of be like, what the fuck is he talking about? But you're not originally from Spokane. So I feel like that gives you more of like, a background, uh, right? You need definitely a background and absolutely like a worldly view. I was a uh, military brat, mm-hmm. so I definitely um, was born in Connecticut. Um, my first home, as far as like growing up and becoming a man, was here in Spokane. Mm-hmm. And so, through my experiences of travel, like I've been to almost maybe every state. Mm. I've been to Korea. You know what I mean? I've been to Kuwait. I, I, I've been to these different places and experienced so much different culture that I have like a realistic view and like sometimes people's opinions and maybe like how they act the way they act and like you know because like the thing the odd thing about Spokane it's not even odd it's just odd to me because I don't have this experience right Mm. a lot of my friends are born raised here and have never been outside of the city yeah (laughs) and that's just like whoa bro like not even Seattle bro come on like not even Idaho like come on man like that's that's your only experience is right here in Spokane and because of that, we get a lot of people and like, we have so much, so much strong culture here. It, it, it's especially now, like it's been growing and growing. We're starting to get our pillars. We're starting to get our education. But um, I mean, for a while, especially like as a, as a child growing up here, a lot of the like people's influences was just based off social media. So you can imagine like back then the world star was popping. So mm-hmm. like, there's a dollar just like, a lot of stereotypes, a lot of like the kids, they like really assume like black people were a certain type. They were abrasive, aggressive, and just reckless all the time. You know what I mean? Like, we're not always like that. We chill, we smoke, we do our thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
How'd you say? It's um, yeah, Spokane's a crazy because like, I grew up like in a small city, like a, say. and it was like all white though, right? But there's a difference. Say. It's a difference between living in like a small city that's all white versus I feel like Spokane's its own fucking state inside of Washington. So like, it's 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 a huge place. So like. That it that makes more sense as kind of like people who don't leave Spokane. That's like their bubble, their world, versus yeah. like I can leave my city and fucking I'm con- where I grew up was considered East Seattle. So basically, Seattle Same. downtown Seattle was like ten minutes away. So that's that's a culture shock in itself. Like being like in a rural area or like outside of Seattle, and then like literally just a city away from Seattle, so different from the actual Seattle. Like there's just so much diversity in the actual city Seattle, like downtown Seattle. But I feel like in Spokane, the first thing I think is I went to Spokane for like the first time over summer for like a camping mm-hmm. trip. And I just I just thought of Hick Hickville. That's what I thought of. <laughs> you know? So like we have so I mean like we have Spokane is kind of zoned out. Like we have the South Hill, we have the north side where a lot of like the people of color like more reside in that north side area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then from in the north side is like closest to downtown the south hill is closest to downtown and then you go east and that's when you get over to the valley and then the further you go east the further it's going to be hit because we yeah. live right by idaho you know to be like we're <laughs> we're we're right on the state line yeah. you know what i mean so it's like i definitely can imagine especially if you're camping you're gonna get that experience yeah but anywhere like downtown anywhere like north side like you definitely will get that color because mm. a lot of people move in from like cali a lot of people move in from like seattle you a lot of like people like retiring from the armies and just stuff like that. They want to find a nice, quiet, but not too small, not too big uh, city in Spokane is that. Mm-hmm. It's just this, I feel like you can't really, it sucks for like certain people of color who like are stuck in, it doesn't even have to be Spokane, just any, anywhere where they don't really see people like themselves. You can't really call them ignorant. It's, it's just like, that's how, that's where they grew up, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah. I felt like I definitely. Well, I mean, ignorant is almost like the perfect word because you don't know what you don't know. It's yeah. not like your fault. It's just it's your environment. I think of a, I think of oblivious is a better word. I feel like ignorance, like Beautiful. like hard headed. I feel like, in my opinion, and I feel like oblivious is more like it's it could be your fault, but it could also just be like you don't know better. I don't know. Right. I dig that oblivious. Yes. I dig that. <laughs> we get a lot of that, but what I'm saying to you now is like. Over these last couple of years, we definitely have been able to like, like push that agenda. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of like, um, just important groups. Like, we have a black-owned newspaper. It's called the Black Lens, and they also, I believe, there's also like, they have like lawyers and people who support like people of color here in the community. You know what I mean? They help represent us mm-hmm. in different situations. Like, we have other like black-owned businesses, like uh. Let's say um, Chicken and Mo, oh. my man Bob. Like, how can I forget Chicken and Mo, man? Come on, Fresh Soul. Like, a lot of these like newer like people of color owned businesses have started to like really sprout out. We even got like a cheesecake factory. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Black owned. Oh, yeah. Like, it's starting to like really pop out. And you know, I love cheesecake, <laughs> and I'm lactose. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I fuck it up, man. I fuck it up. That's the thing. Everyone- but that culture is definitely growing. Like, and another thing, like Seattle. Seattle is starting to look over here. Okay. Like, especially with COVID happening, it's like, man, there's so much opportunity to bring some of their culture over here and, and continue to build. Mm-hmm. I think the overall goal is just like, let's, let's just give it 
less than a hundred years, then we'll all just be mixed anyways. Hopefully, you know. Man, let's pray for you. Said less than a hundred years. Let's say less than fifty, man. We need to push that agenda now. But yeah, because color is beautiful, man. Hell yeah, that's what I think. I think being unique is the most important thing. Like being mixed and stuff is so beautiful, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just, it's great. So. What I think is crazy about you, though, is like it seems like you traveled a lot to Seattle to perform because there isn't. You're saying like the the Spokane music scene's growing, but like when I stalked your Instagram pages or little interviews, like you'd be fucking traveling from Spokane to like Seattle and connecting with all these Seattle artists. Like, what did it? How did that even start for you? Because I feel like you got to start somewhere, and like I feel like if you're you don't start just being like, oh, I'm gonna go to Seattle. You probably started in Spokane, and then absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely did start in Spokane. Um, I dropped my first tape, Alone by Choice. I believe it was March. It was March 22nd. Oh, yeah. It might have been March 23rd. March 22nd of 2017. And um, I followed that up with a headlining show. We sold that bitch out. Mm. And then within like weeks of selling that show out, I actually ended up meeting the Black Umbrella Group because they came out to Spokane oh. to do a pin show. And so I met Sam Lachow, I met Raz, I met Romero, and I'm going to tell you something that changed my life. Because the one thing that we were lacking here was not only structure, but like a bar. Like, yo, this is where the bar is set. This is like the standard of quality. And so there was a lot of us, especially like my generation, my age, we were just kind of like doing our own thing and guessing mm. and then seeing like what we would see on YouTube or on the TV and just trying to impersonate that. You know what I mean? So when I seen like Romero, when I seen Raz, when I seen Sam perform for the first time, I was awed. I was like, yo, this is like that culture. This is like, I feel like I'm on the East coast right now. And you're really giving me some showmanship. You're really like caring about your people. And so for me, like I, I, I don't chase perfection but I chase quality, mm-hmm. I chase progression. And so uh, my curiosity in itself led me to traveling out there in Seattle. Mm. And then having the support of my team, my manager Riker and my um, mentor at the time, well, still my mentor, but he's just doing so much stuff. And my mentor, Chili Mac, us three, we would we would seek out that. We would seek out the artists who were doing more than what I was seeing here in Spokane. Yeah. So that led me to like, building a relationship with uh sam that led me to building a relationship with kung fu grip chase fade and so many other people out there in seattle who helped me like pave my way to where i'm at now mm. what i've noticed like in seattle from like interviewing lots of artists they, it feels like a lot of artists have hit some type of roadblock where like you see all this progression from like 2016 onwards but they're still like stuck they're like stuck somewhere do you have you seen that in Seattle? Like I know it's it's kind of like a looking from an outside perspective because you're from Spokane, but do you see like this block this block at all? Absolutely, and what I will tell you is most of them artists, their names aren't popular in Spokane, mm. and, and the reason I'm a, I'm gonna point that out to you is because of like in 2019 we brought Travis Thompson out here and sold out a 700 person venue. It was me, Travis Thompson, and Karma. The reason that was important because we were really defining the PNW or what I like to call it the upper left. Like we weren't just saying Seattle got the culture. We were saying Spokane, Tri-Cities and Seattle, the entire Washington state has culture. Let's give you guys a Pacific Northwest show, mm. not a Seattle show. 
I think a lot of people from Seattle like to put on Seattle shows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so you guys, not you guys, but sometimes the, the artists, they keep tapping into each other's fan base over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of stepping out and thinking, yo, there's more to the PNW than just Seattle. There's Oregon. You know what I'm saying? There's Spokane. There's the Tri-Cities. The Tri-Cities is a dope, um, I think it's called the Uptown Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Karma had a show there. And it's like a thousand person capacity. And it's one of the dopest venues, but it's hardly used by the West Side. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think people like Sam Chow, I think people like uh, All-Star Opera, who actually utilize the entire state, who actually utilize the entire Pacific Northwest, are going to prosper in the long run. Because wow. they've built an entire base, and not just their city. Because Seattle might be big, and you can get a million views, but we all still got a 14 blocks, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think I need to work on that thought process, too. I keep saying the Seattle music scene, but maybe I should start looking at the Northwest music scene. Of course, like hundred percent. We're the second largest <laughs> city, yo. Like there's so many fans here. There's so many people who want to be engaged into the regional local scene, but they're just not in the know because those people aren't coming. Yeah. Like the people who've started like make more moves, like Gab has been here a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? Like there are artists who are realizing that it's important to tap in to more than just your city. Mm. So do you think you connect better with artists like Nobi and Karma because they're from far away, like Tri-Cities versus being in growing up in Seattle? Like, Because you guys are both, both those cities are far away from Seattle. Do you guys connect over that in a way? or? Um, I think I connect with Karma and Nobi because they're awesome people. True. But the fact that we're all three like from the 509 region, you know what I'm saying? And it's like we're innovative creators who are not really looked down upon, but overlooked because we're in a city that not as many people on the West side talk about. Mm. I think that's definitely like room for us to connect. And like we've seen eye to eye in so many things because of those similar experiences. Right. But um, now I know that um, Nobi and Karma, they both have moved over to Seattle to continue like just growing that, um, that connection. You know what I'm saying? We all do it in different ways. Whereas like me, I'm going to travel over there once, twice, three times a month because there's nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, traveling was always my thing. Like, I love to travel. I might as well like practice getting ready for tour now by just going out to Seattle and seeing all my friends. You know what I mean? Like That's how I see it. Hell yeah. Let me spend 24 hours over there. Mm-hmm. I definitely fanboy over Noe though. That guy, his last two projects have been fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Noe and his producer, Digital. Digital. I'm actually doing... I have a grip of productions from digital um, that I'm utilizing for this next project that will be coming out soon. Oh, shit. <laughs> Very, yeah, soon, soon, soon. I got I got a lot of music um, slated for this year and the next year, and I'm just, like, super excited to get it out. Um, me and Nobi, we got songs together. Oh, me yeah. and Karma, we got songs together. Like, we've already put all that into work. It's just once COVID hit, it was like, let me put that on pause. Like, I don't want to put money into things that, people aren't like really like diving into right now we had to like deal with real life for a second Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so what makes you stay over in spokane versus moving over like nobi and karma did again i think so the thing that i've noticed about seattle is that a lot of artists there are clicky Mm -hmm. and not in like a we just don't want to fuck with you type way it's just like like a lot of 
like Seattle's broken down into like I think sections. You know what I mean? Like you have the White Center, you you, you have the downtown Pioneer Square artists. You know what I'm saying? Like you have um, um, Uptown Bellevue. Like you have those different like sections and sectors that artists reside in, and they all have their own like producers. And you really don't have to go too far to like have success. You can kind of just stay in your little mm. set sector and do it like that. You know what I mean? So. Um, for me, being someone who's outside, it allows me to kind of connect with people and not make them feel like I'm infringing on them. Mm. It now it's like I don't they don't feel like I'm competing. They feel like, oh, I'm a friend from the east side. You know what I mean? Wow. That's the homie from the east side. His success is our success because he can bring us over. You know what I mean? So mm. I, I've definitely found a lot of like benefit being over here instead of like being in a larger market where now I'm like having to compete, not only compete, but like living in Spokane it doesn't take much to, for like the cost of living. You don't have to do much, as much as like Seattle, just to like get by, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've been, I've been a full-time artist since 2017, since my project dropped. Wow. Actually, I lied to you since January 1st when I met my manager. Oh shit. But I announced I was full-time on March 22nd when I dropped the project. Wow. So it gives you kind of an edge though, to like have an outside perspective. Absolutely. And to like really like, yeah, oh yeah. Like just like you said, outside perspective. And I can like see from afar and be like, oh damn, they're doing this over here. Oh damn, they're doing this over here. Let me get involved. You know what I'm saying? And yo, like you'd be surprised how like there's so many talented artists in Seattle, but they do not show up to each other's shows. Yeah. I've probably been to more Travis Thompson shows, more Macintosh shows, more Mr. Hentai shows like more Perry paint shows than a lot of these artists who live in the same area. You know what I'm saying? So it's odd to see how like, I mean, it's the same thing in Spokane. Like people don't want to see people in their same city successful until they're already successful. Hmm. Like people weren't rooting for Lil Mosey until he was there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I seen the same people who are like Blueberry, Blueberry Fuego is like the number one hit. This shit rocks. Who was talking mad crazy about, Lil Mosey on Twitter like months before you know what I'm saying like there's there's two sides to every coin so it's like for me being outside it allows every great move to be seen and all the little steps to be growth growth periods like I feel like at this moment I'm still at a moment of like I'm an emerging artist I'm trying to grow I'm trying to like really understand like what it's like to tour what it's like to be like well, yeah, like I said like it's what it's like to tour and be out for like 30 45 days at a time you know what i mean i'd rather do that here where the cost of living isn't as much than be out there in seattle and i'm stressing about stuff back home while i'm still trying to finish this up you know what i mean that's yeah as an extra it's like safer it's less of a risk you don't want to absolutely yeah absolutely let's take the risk when we got the money to risk it yeah fucking living in downtown seattle is insane that's so expensive like capital and it's awesome but i just i have nothing to prove at this point yeah and that's where I'm at. Like, I don't, I don't have to be there when all it takes is four hours to get there. Mm. I don't have to live there. I don't have to live there. I can be there at any point. Mm. You know what I mean? At any point. And like having a manager, having a team, it allows us to like schedule things in advance where like every time we're out there, we're hitting this check mark. We're meeting with this person. We're meeting with this person. We're always covering so much ground. We get so much done in a day in Seattle that sometimes what we do in, in Spokane, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah, when I was when we were trying to plan this interview, your manager was like, "Let's plan a day so we can cover a lot of errands in Seattle while we're already down there." Like that's the way mm-hmm. you want to look at it. You know, you don't want to just mm-hmm. be coming down for one thing if it's a four-hour drive. Jeez. Let's let's not do one interview. Let's take two days. Let's knock out three interviews, and I want two studio sessions with with some of the dopers. I want to I want to rock with Elon. I want to rock with Digital. I want to I want to get in with Nima. Like I want to do things. You know what I mean? What did it take for you to meet like all these artists in Seattle? Was it was it majority by doing all the live shows or? Well, just showing up, just showing up, whether it be like their headlining shows, I would show up and make it a point to like meet this person after the show, let him know who I am. And that's it. I don't, I don't want to talk about music. I just want to let you know, like who I am. So then when I follow up on IG and the socials, it's like, oh, we already had a face to face conversation. Mm-hmm. Now you feel like you know me. Now I can like show you some of my music and if you fuck with it, boom. And for the most part, I've always gotten that good reaction. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was, whether it be like actual show events or like there was a couple like different cypher events that occurred. Um, um, what's my, ma- okay. Respect my region. Yeah. Respect Mitch my Pfeiffer. region. Mitch. Yes. My man's Mitch. He, he really like opened the door early on in my career. to um, just meeting with a lot of people, man. Um, Fatal, um, I really got to connect well with Raz because of like Mitch and like the connection that was going on there. And again, like I said, showing up to shows, following up. And one thing that really, really like, like nailed the coffin in the wall was the Seattle sessions that Chase Faye oh, put together yeah. almost a year ago. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? That allowed people like me, that allowed people like Noby, that allowed people like Mr. DC. All of us 509, 509ers, we got to shine in there because we were oh, ready. Shit, yeah. We were ready. Like, we're like over ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not just like being like blown up or clouded because we're in a big city. It's like, nah, like we really got some like talent and we really get to show it off mm-hmm. right here and now with other dope people. Like, I met Soul and I've been a fan of Soul for forever, fool. I've been a fan of Soul for like, darn, I think I was like, <laughs> A sophomore in high school listening to this dude. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. Like Sam with Child too. Like yeah. we really got to like bond in those moments and like see face to face and like understand each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was sessions was a blessing though. Hell yeah. I have like lots of friends who are like so excited that they met you. Like my friend Nestra. He said he connected with you. And Nestra shit. is yeah. good. Oh my <laughs> God. I love that dude. His energy. He be dancing all the time. Dude, I couldn't even dance. He made me want to dance. I know. Nestra's tight. Dude, that's my brother. He's hella good at dancing. I can't dance for shit. So like, whenever I see him dancing, I'm like, oh fuck! I wish I knew. Hey, how he to. make you want to move. Nah, fuck that. You start <laughs> moving the foot. <laughs> I got that two step ready for you. Yeah. Come on. Oh my gosh. So are we, are we allowed to talk about like the sandwich Chow connection? Like I, I interviewed him like three days before he went to rehab, and he said there's you guys are forming some type of group or something. You could be like, you don't have to go deep into it if you're not allowed to yet. But like. 100%. What I will say is, man, me and him have steady been working on a couple tracks for like a minute. Yeah. I think our relationship, like music-wise, has been over the last two years. The cool thing about Sam versus like a lot of other people, he's so open. And he makes his music, for the most part, he like demos a lot of his music at home. So he's so open to like me just sending scratch thoughts or he does the same thing. He just be like, yo. I got like these four scratch thoughts. Like, what do you think about him? Like, you want to throw a verse? Like, he's just open like that. And then we talk business. Like, he's always been like artist first, business second. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which might get him in trouble sometimes, but like, mm-hmm. just like 
there's not too many artists, especially in the Seattle area, who are that open. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and for me, like, being a fan of Sandwich Child before I was like a, let's be bros, let's be partners, like, it was just, man, that dude is really, like, buddy-buddy, like, brothered me up, yeah. bro. You know what I mean? Um, As far as, like, super groups and stuff, like, we... That definitely has been in the convo. Yeah. It definitely has been in the convo. <laughs> but for right now, like, I just, I stick to the word upper left. Yeah. We don't have a name for anything like that. I stick to the name upper left. That is, that represents not just Seattle. That represents Spokane. That represents Oregon. And a little bit of Idaho when they act the right. Some of the CDA. Yeah. When they act the right, I'm like, yeah, y'all come over here and do something. Mm. You know what I mean? So is, is the Upper Left brand from Seattle, from Spokane then? Or how did that start? Um, And so I haven't even looked at Upper Left as like a brand. Mm. The great P&W, they utilize Upper Left. And so like we, we push that. But it's the great P&W who's the brand. Okay. And the Upper Left USA is more like a lifestyle and a statement. Okay. I think of the upper left as more of like an identity. That's our region. That's what I want my tribe, my people, my fans to like identify. Like when people are like, oh, what's Spokane? Where's that? Where are you from? Like we're from the upper left. One of the last untapped regions. You know what I mean? Oh shit. I need culture shines here. We got Macklemore. We got Amine. We got, you know, like we got that stuff going. Yeah. Dude, and you fucking performed with him, right? At a college Shit show. again. With Amine, didn't you perform with him or something? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yo, I almost forgot. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> um, yo, that was my largest show. Oh, <laughs> oh, yo, we performed at um WSU for Coogs Fest. And so if, if you know anything about like college shows, typically they do it indoors, like one of their ballrooms, like one of the larger areas. So it caps like 2000. Yo, with Amine, we did it outside. <laughs> so it was like, I, bro, when I, say there must have been at least five thousand people oh shit i know there's some like recap videos um i actually wiped my page so it might not be there but i know there's like recap on youtube i'm pretty sure i have that immediate recap on youtube dog that was packed mm. and there yeah man we really did it in i performed with him over there in uh wsu and made in tokyo oh made shit. In tokyo was crazy too yes fool. yeah right when made in tokyo was popping for what hell yeah dummy Made in Tokyo is probably like one of the first artists I've like ever met, like in person. Yeah, that's and he's like he's genuine. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a genuine dude. There's a lot of. I remember when I first heard his music and was like first like catching his vibe. I was assuming SoundCloud rap. Mm. I was assuming. He proved me wrong. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I mean, not and, I, and that's not to say like he's like overly versatile, but he's just not like. He's like not doing it for no purpose. Like he has a purpose. He has a reason. He has some depth to him. And I rock with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Who do you like better? Eddie's just a genuine dude. Do you like him or 24 hours better? That's crazy. 24 hours. That's his brother and they're both popping off. I don't even know 24 oh, hours like shit. that. So I gotta say made in Tokyo. Damn, 24. My bad. Oh, I would be straight shit. up. I don't know 24 hours like that. Damn, dude. He's pretty big. He's like working like two chains and Wiz Khalifa. He just released a new song with Wiz Khalifa, like Two days ago or something like that, actually. Alright, I'm gonna tap in, man. I've been giving Wiz a break too, oh, man. Oh shit. Wiz is my favorite. Yeah. But I'm saying I gave him a break. I've been listening to a lot of the new age stuff, man. A lot of the new age stuff. Dude, your your newest album, by the way. EP, whatever you like to call it, it's dope as fuck. Like Thank you. Oh my god. And the cool thing about Expression and Shine, man, is just 
like that was not planned at all. You know what I mean? Like at all. I've I've been working on two totally different long projects, and then COVID hit. Mm. I was supposed to. We were looking at dropping. Shoot, must have been May. I was gonna drop this whole long project, but we got into April and we we're like, yo, like right. Uh, my team, my man, we got together. And we're like, do we want to start promoing? Is this the time? Like, there's a pandemic happening. Like, people are saying not to go outside. Like, we got to cancel all of our shows. I had like five festivals and like a small little tour run with Sandwich Child that we had planned. Like there was so much hype that we were going to put behind that project. And then it was just like nothing, no shows, no. And Spokane at the time wasn't set up to do live stream shows. Mm. We weren't prepared for that. Right. We, we didn't have the opportunity. Like we hardly have podcasts. You know what I mean? So mm. it was, um, it was tough. So the, the, the three tape project, I, um, all I wanted to do, my only purpose was to just a timestamp and like, allow my fans, allow my people to understand where I was mentally at this point. There was a lot of stuff going on with um, a lot of controversy and like a lot of just weird stuff going on with like, um, I, I call it black excellence. Like there's a lot of like people just going against that, going against the grain and not like really respecting our culture. And like, mm-hmm. they were really showing it like more than ever. It seemed like people were really speaking out against like, our our culture and our color and like it was a scary time and it and it almost seemed like Trump was egging it on, man. Look at the Capitol you know riots, I mean? man. Fuck that shit. Yeah, but even past that, yeah, before that, like sure. before that, like with George Floyd, when George Floyd was murdered by these cops, right? And we started rioting, like Trump took it upon himself to like tweet, like, we will shoot you if you're damaging property. And it like shocked me to think that our president, the man who represents our country, would be more caring of property over a man's life. You know what I mean? He he, he would have more like care and like necessity for the property than like the actual people's lives. Like you're gonna threaten to shoot us because we're mad that you gave us injustice. Mm-hmm. And so I never. It, it was important for me on Expresso to speak on that to like really give like my fan base uh, some reassuring words and like just really like push that message out of us black excellence and just to show how prideful how strong we are and not only say that but allow like america whoever was listening my audience my fans my tribe to realize that, that yo throughout the decades throughout history y'all have needed the black culture to survive here in america you know what i mean so many things have been built with with these hands, when I yeah. say that, like my ancestors, our color, yeah. our people's hands, like we help create this, this, the United States, like all this stuff that they, they enjoy, like even like some of the culture that um, non-people of color enjoy today, like it's right here. A lot of the entertainment, like we're leading that. Of course, you know I mean? of course. To other people's benefits, to other people's like wealth. There's so many people not of color who like own certain labels or own like certain aspects of the entertainment industry but have no like actual part in the art or creation of you know what i mean it's wild it's a business it's messed up <laughs> that's what it is 100 percent. yeah but that um it was important for me to like represent like even some like at the same time that i was prideful i was also like in moments of being in fear you know what i'm saying like 
like being prideful, like speaking out, like in songs like Moonshine, I wanted to like represent like my fear, my dismay. Like I didn't want people to take my shine. I want people to take away my pridefulness, like my energy. You know what I mean? Just because you see me as different than you. Mm -hmm. I don't don't think that's fair. I think I deserve just as much as you deserve, just as much as any other person I'm looking at deserves because I'm a person that I worked for. So it was like, I thought it was important to like show both sides, like my pride, but also my fears, my insecurities, and some of the things I was actually worried about at that time. And I thought it was a good idea that you uh, took it upon your guys' selves to do the YouTube breakdowns of the lyrics. That that shit, was, I think that's very important. I don't think enough artists do that. Like Genius is a cool yeah, and all that. But, absolutely. But, like, to hear it actually from you versus like people contributing on Genius, it's completely different. And that was like Gen 1. That was like the prototype of what to come like. Definitely like as we dropped the project, we were just gearing ourselves up. We were just like trying small concepts to see like how how would the people react? You know what I mean? Like let's not, let's not even put like a crazy budget behind this. Let's just kind of release it to the region and see how they like it. Let's see how let's see how much information they they thought they knew, how much information they didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Cuz it's it's I I think of myself as like a lyricist, you know what I'm saying? I think of I, when I'm writing, when I'm in my like writing process, like I take time to like think of each bar and like what this means to the next one, like what my punchline leads to, like what I'm actually saying. <sighs> Excuse me. So it's important for me that like my fan base gets that. That's why with every song that we're dropping, like we always make sure like day of, like let's get the genius annotations in, let's get some type of explanation in. And if it's not that, well, let me face to face tell you mm. what I was needed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I use a lot of metaphors, man. That shit goes over people's head. Mm. Like, Black Bean Under on. Pressure. That was that, Come on. That song's insane. Slick dude. talk. That song's slick talk, baby. <laughs> and stuff like that. I, I like I like Moonshine, Espresso, like anyways, like those songs won't get their moment until like the project drops. Cause all like Espresso, Moonshine in any ways was for like listening purposes like past like digesting the message it was like really like a way a chance to allow me to like showcase some some cadences before we like give them like that full style we give them that full punch of like what that style is because mm-hmm. like this music was so different than my past stuff um being the uh, lone by choice the project and like one of the songs that like really broke out uh legacy fucking nuts like, it's, it, yeah hundred <laughs> percent that was a that was a uh that was a bammer man and on the project, we got a couple more bangers. We got a couple things that I know, like fans, they love the Kung Fu Grip Django uh, collab. So I know I, at the moment they're kind of like doing the separate solo things, yeah. but I still was able to like do something for for my fans from back then on this new project. I got something for them. Hell Anybody yeah. who loves Legacy, I got something for them. Have you have you checked you in with me? Kung Fu Grip? Like I was trying to reach out to them over the summer, and yeah, they kind of are taking a hiatus or something. I got their phone numbers full. Yeah. Like those fish, Mr. Hentai, same person. Yeah. Fish, aka Mr. Hentai, and my man's Greg Sife. I talk to them once a week. Those are my brothers. Oh, like yeah. when I like I met them, met them. Actually, this is the dopest story, man. I met um, so I I, I was talking to Kung Fu Grip um socially for a while. Woo, woo, woo. We were talking about um, whenever I get out of Seattle, let's connect. And so we actually ended up going out there. I can't remember what for. I'm sure it was a show though. Mm-hmm. We we went out there for somebody's performance, man, and kept trying to get in with Kung Fu Grip, kept trying to get in with Kung Fu Grip. 
it got to a point where it was like 12, 1 o'clock at night. And we were like, yo, you know what? If we don't leave now, it's going to get too late. Mm. And we're going to get stuck out here. And we were still kind of like meeting people. So we didn't have too many options for like just staying at a homie's house or some shit. We're like 30 minutes leaving outside the town, basically on that like underground bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were in that underground bridge, just just shot out of it. And all of a sudden, we got a direct uh, message, not even from Kung Fu Grip, but from Greg. And he's FaceTime. He's uh, IG FaceTiming, whatever, whatever. IG calling. He's like, bro, bro, we missed your call. We was busy doing what we do. We're at the bar. If you want to leak, let's do it right now. My manager turned her ass around. <laughs> we drove. 30 minutes back, and it was 2 o'clock. The bar's closed, and we're just standing outside this random bar at the bottom of Capitol, uh, yeah, Capitol Hill, just chopping it up, man, just chopping it up. And that's when I met Greg, and we followed up at the um, the cypher that uh, Mitch put in, and we all rapped together right there in that moment, man. And it was like, yo, like, when I rapped for them, and they were rapping with me, they were like, okay, mm. I see you. I see you. We can really put this shit together. That's when legacy came. But yeah, no, those are my brothers, man. It's past, it's past just music. Like I I honestly like enjoy what they do. Like Greg and Hentai, they both they're chefs in their own right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like they're they're all about the culture. And like they're a little older than me too. So they're like, they're always putting me on a game, you know what I'm saying? They're always critiquing my lyrics. They're always like giving me that edge up of like advice and just like just throwing something in my ear to like think about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you've had basically the same team from the very beginning? Absolutely. I, I love to stay consistent. Wow. Um, yeah, from the very beginning. Yeah. Since um, and when I say the very beginning, I say from my professional career. Mm. Like obviously, like we all dabble and do different things before that to get us to where we're at at that point where we're at now. But yeah, as far as like professionally, I've always had the same team. I've stayed consistent. Mm-hmm. I've even I've even noticed that you've like had the same like videographer. I was looking at your YouTube videos, like Sean Gray. Who who's that guy to you? Yeah, Sean Gray was. Gosh, he was like my first photographer. He was my first videographer. He was like one of my first like creative friends. Like, cause before before I even had the team, like. He was the first person to help me like push out my name. You know what I mean? He didn't even know that. Mm. He probably doesn't even know that, but he really was like, I never had actually, besides like my senior photos, (laughs) (laughs) I had never had a photographer take pictures of me. So like Sean Gray, like that's why it was important for me, like with Alone by Choice, like I had to do it with him. Mm -hmm. Cause like he really was someone like, I'm like a do it yourself type person. Like, if I didn't have nobody, I would shoot the video myself on a GoPro and edit that shit myself, oh, bro. Yeah. Like, before music, I used to be, like, a video editor. And, like, more for, like, gaming, like, other stuff like that. Nothing, like, serious. Mm-hmm. But, like, I had the mentality to do something like that. But, like, Sean was somebody I trusted. He's, like, one of the first creators I trusted. Like, he could be in the room with me. I'm demoing stuff. And I'm just, like, I'm happy you're here. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was, like, one of those people. And, like, I never had to, like, second guess him or, like, question anything from him. Like, mm-hmm. He was always consistent. And he was always, like, stoked for, like, whatever we were doing. You know what I mean? It's, like, super important to have people who genuinely care about what you're doing. Like, I'd rather build with someone from scratch than build with someone who's amazing and doesn't care about my stuff. Like, I've had those experiences. And those videos will never see the day of light. Like, yeah. 100%. Or they wouldn't be down to drive you 30 minutes back to Seattle, right? Like... 
That's crazy that your manager was down to do that, right? Like, there's tons of people I'm, who wouldn't have done that. They're like, the fuck this. <laughs> I'm so with it. Like, Sean, like, even Sean, like, there's times where I'm like, yo, bro, we're going to do this show. Like, don't really have much of a budget. Like, you can drive with us. I, I'm going to cover your food. I'll cover lodging, whatever. Just if you, if you can make some time, let's make it happen. And he did that so many times for me, man. Mm. He, he really believed in the vision. My manager really believed in the vision. Like, never second guess any drive. We had to make, I don't drive for manager oh, wow. drive. You wow. know what I mean? So like, she's always willing to drive and she has to deal with me. Like, imagine this, <laughs> imagine waking up at eight in the morning to get out there because we want to get there early so we can fight with people, talk with people, see who, who we can link up in the city. Like, see like what artists that we don't know that we can connect with this time. Like it's, it's always a game of like, who can we connect with that's new? What room could we get in that we haven't got in before? So we always go early. And then we always make sure we hit the sound checks. We're just, we're just present for whatever we need to be present for. So imagine doing that. Imagine staying for the headliner. So it's it's 12 o'clock at night. Now we're at the bar. Now whoop, whoop, whoop. And then, uh, so let's say you're the manager. And then I go to you and I say, hey, I want to go home. <laughs> and you're like, it's a four or five hour drive. I'm kind of. No, well, she doesn't drink like that. So everyone else is drunk. They're rowdy, wild, but I'm tired. You as the manager, you're tired. You're exhausted. Bruh, there was not one time that we went out there that she did not drive my ass back. Wow. And she believed in it. She believed in it so much that she was willing to, to sacrifice her energy, her time, her rest to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of shit, like you can't replace that. That's why it's like to this day, I'm still with the same team. I don't look at, I don't, I don't chase success in like monetary gains. Like I chase success by like, where are we at now? What are our goals? What do we actually want to do? What, what appearances do we want to make? Like, who do we want to know about us? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like my goal. Like I want to actually build my network with my team. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I want to look to my left and I want to look to my right and know, I'm not the only one who's successful here. My manager's successful. Everyone knows my manager. I want to know, like, my, my biggest manager's successful. I want to know, like, my mentor is the most famous motherfucker in the world, like Drake and Jay Prince. Like, yeah. I, come on, man. I want the people around me to blow up just as much as I do. Hell yeah. They don't got to be rappers. Hell yeah. That's important. That's very important. I feel like Dude. not enough artists have, like, a sincere team like that. N not even just Dude. in Seattle, just in general, you know? Like, that's hard to come by. It and I think the people who seek it, they're, they're approaching it the wrong way. Like my manager, Riker, she was a friend with my mother before because my mother was looking for people to invest in. And I was like a rapper just trying to do my thing. I had this little group at the time. And my mother met my manager now at one of my shows. Mm. Or actually, sorry. No, it was one of my homie shows. It wasn't even my show. Wow. But I got to perform a song or something, whatever. Woo, woo. And um, that's so weird to say now because I, I only headlined it. Like, <laughs> that's like a weird thing. But um, my mother met my manager because my mom's like just just beautiful woman. She kind of just walks in the room and just like, boom, like shows out. So she goes behind to the green room. They actually seen Riker in front of all these men. Like she's seen Riker like just like organizing stuff and like making shit happen. My mom was like, you're the type of person I want to meet. Like, I don't even know what you do, but I want to invest in you. And like, she kind of like put my name out there. And so my manager kind of like watched me 
for like six months, eight months before we even like really had a conversation about like, let's get together and do something. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, like she, she popped up to like my work one time and just got food. And just had like a regular conversation. Yeah, you an artist? Heard about you. And that was it. Like she never pushed anything to me. She didn't like, like even like introduce this idea of like management. It was just like, do we bond? Are we right for each other? You know what I'm saying? And when we realized that we were right for each other, and it got to a point I was starting to call her for like advice for different opportunities and just different things I was looking at. It was like, yo, why don't we just make this easy for each other and get together, man? We have that same progressive mindset. I want to just make it easier for each other. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Blessing, fool. Blessing. I think a lot of people like, they think, yo, I need a measure to discover me. I need to like, no, no, you don't. You don't. You need to stay focused. You need to be aware of like who's actually going to manage. Like be aware of their pillars. Be aware of like what they could actually potentially do for you. And be aware of like, be honest with yourself. Like be honest with your lifestyle. Be honest like with the things that you do and like realize like what you're willing to do. Because like, like being with a manager, you have to sacrifice something. You have to give something. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not just like a, your manager's going to do every freaking thing for you. Like that's, that's BS. Yeah. That's BS. Like, I, I should be able to work just as hard as my manager, if not harder. You know what I mean? For sure. She should never be outworking me. And like a lot of artists think, oh, once I get management, oh, she'll be able to like throw me out to all these things nah. and like represent me. Nah, bro, you got to represent yourself. For sure. You got to know who you are. She shouldn't be able to pitch that. You should be able to pitch it better than her. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how would you make this connection with the with Justin Frick? Justin Frick, just in general, not even just from Seattle, just in general. is probably like one of my favorite fucking music directors. Like, yes, they're nuts. How did how do you make that connection? So, the the way I actually was able to 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 actually finalize that. So actually, what put him on my radar was the Sugar video by Karma. Okay, I was like, cause like before that, I had seen Karma, and like I had hella love for him, but I had this different opinion of him. I thought I was like, oh, you're one of those guys who get on IG and like just do like. Let me rap over this beat and do a freestyle. And you're like double time when you're rapping hella fast. It's like super cool. But I was like, you're like um, futuristic or something. Oh, shit, yeah. I was like, that was just, it's like, like first impression thoughts. We all have first impressions. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. But then he dropped the sugar video and I was like, yo, this shit hits and the video hit. So I started like educating myself. I was like, who is Justin Frick? Woo, woo, woo. Long story short, um, Karma ended up putting this show at the Uptown Theater. It was called uh, Pineapple Island. Actually, it wasn't. It was Jungle Island. Okay. I performed at Pineapple Island. So Jungle Island, I went there because I heard that Justin Frick was doing the stage plot. Oh, shit. So <laughs> me and my team, we reached out to Karma. We started to develop that relationship. And I actually got to go early. And I met Justin Frick face to face. And so I started to have this, like, just like everybody else, just had the conversation, yo, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, I really love your work. And not right now, but I know for sure in the future, we're going to have something and I'm going to reach out to you. I don't care what the budget is. I need you and I want you. That's it. I don't, I don't care. I see you. I want it. I'm, I'm going to have it. You know what I mean? Mm. So like I told him that. I made that impression. And then I ended up going to Seattle, linking with Kung Fu Grip. We create the song. And so I reached back out to Frick and all I do, I just email out the song. I'm like, bro, can you listen to this song? I, I did it with a emerging uh, hip hop group, Kung Fu Grip, or at the time, like everybody was popping. Like we we were doing the, um, we both were on Upstream 
Mm. You know what I mean? We when we dropped the song, we dropped it the same time that Kanye West had dropped. And I don't know why, but in for Seattle for some reason that got some like attention. <laughs> they were like, oh the, 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 the Seattle artists trying to compete with it. <laughs> and so like that was like a cool narrative. And so like it just looked good. So Frick was immediately interested and we were able to like really secure that. And now Frick, I thought Frick lived in Seattle, but it turned out that he lived in the Tri at the time. Oh, okay. So it was easy for us to like to connect with him, drive him out there to Seattle, and like just make this happen. And then he ended up now from the Tri, he moved to Spokane. So now it's just kind of like I we we have ball games every Thursday. <laughs> like oh, wow. I see Frick once a week every day, snapping that ass, boy. Wow. wow. What? So pause. <laughs> Oh my god. So he's working with a ton of Seattle artists. So does that mean that he's going down to Seattle to meet with them or are they coming up to Spokane or like how does that work usually? Cuz he's like talking about with Frick? Yeah. Um he's very versatile. I mean, I I can't speak for every video, but I do know that, you know, obviously being in the Tri-Cities, obviously being in Spokane, he has a lot of resources. Yeah. You know, so he has his own studio out there in the Tri-Cities. He has a lot of like um just people he can talk to the contact to get to like certain venues or to like do things that would cut the budget down. So low key, it's like, when you really think about it, it's a lot more cost efficient to shoot in the try or the Spokane, even while making the drivers, it's way more efficient. Mm-hmm. You'll save way more money. And I just, in my head, I'm assuming like he's pitching it like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, I can't speak for every video, but I know for sure. Lady Sunday, um, the music video for Sandwich Child was shot in the try. Okay. I know for sure, uh, God, I can't remember that Karma music video. He, he took it down. It was like a hype when it was all black and white. That was shot huh. in uh, the try. I've been what about victim? around. Victim was actually shot in pre-slate Idaho. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, my man, see, like, Frick, he got a cabin out there. Oh. So we shot a lot of that out there in, in the woods of um, – from that cabin. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful area. You know what I'm saying? It was a beautiful area. It was a genius. Um, I had the idea of um, kind of like with that video, we kind of like ran off of, um, what's that? What's that movie? Is it Bird Box? Bird Box with the bandanas over your eyes. Yeah. 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 That was something we were impersonating. And, or we're not impersonating, but like kind of like we drew inspiration from when we, when we shot that video. Hell so. yeah. He was like, Bird Box, genius. I got a perfect place for it. Wow. Made it happen. We did. Wow. Wow. Yeah, man, like Justin Frickson, he's he's almost like if you want to be someone in Seattle, it's almost like or just in Washington in general at this point, you got to have to have a video with Justin Frick. Isn't that something? And you know what? You know what? What that says to me, like that, like really like pushes this upper left narrative even more, like even further. You know what I'm saying? Like think about how many like decent sized artists or like, yo, like we have a lot of great things in Seattle, but I'm gonna reach out to this video producer who lives in Spokane right now to shoot my video. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and not only that, like when they do that, a lot of the artists are asking, yo, what's actually in Spokane? Like, who's out here? Who's doing what? Yeah. So it creates this narrative. It creates this hot spot, like ongoing interest of like, yo, there's there's some culture out there. There's there's some talented like creatives. In Spokane, let's let's check it out. Let's see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And I love the little cameos he does. Like in almost every video, like Karma's always a huge cameo too, in all of them. <laughs> yes, and you know what? Like again, that's so important. Like 
just how like if you go to like who's a good example um you know a boogie yeah 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 so if you look at a lot of a boogie's old videos you'll see like don q okay and i'll give you a better example actually we'll say like asap rocky early asap rocky asap ferg was in those videos before he was even popping mm-hmm. and this is before asap ferg's voice dropped Remember we had the, the high nasally voice? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Asap Ferg, like, they always were, like, a part of each other's videos. And, like, that's just, like, New York culture. They're like, oh, damn, like, the gang did their thing. Mm. So it's, like, with us in the upper left, the PNW, like, having PNW cameos, like, having artists from all around the region pop up to these videos and just show face, like, that's creating the narrative, not just for us as artists, but for the fan base, for people. Mm. Like, people are not just talking about Seattle now. They're like, oh, but did you see Mac and Django got together? What, the, what is that? Like, yeah. how did that even happen? I didn't even know they knew each other. You know what I mean? It makes it makes Washington, it makes Oregon, it makes even that small little part of Idaho <laughs> feel a little bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, we can literally just – there's so much, like, culture and, like, music out here. We're literally – Nerding out about all the artists. Yeah. Artists <laughs> are starting to get signed. Oh, yeah. Katil, like, congratulations. J-Loud. I seen Paris. I, I was going to say J-Loud. Yes, he, um, Asylum Records, right? It's yeah. Yeah, J-Loud, freaking Paris, yo. Like, I'm, oh, I mean, did we forget Travis Thompson? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Travis Thompson? I mean, hi, hello. Oh, like, we're seeing so much, like, new success on the emerging artist side. Like, yes. We have Macklemore. Yes, we have Amine. But we have a plethora of talented artists who deserve to hit that next spot. Hell yeah. Like, I'm waiting. I'm ready for Dave B to blow up. Yeah. Like, people will say he's already blown up. I'm waiting for Dave B to blow up. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. He should be traveling the world. Yeah. Dude, he has some... 2020, he released actually a lot of dope-ass features. Like, did you hear about like the Closed Sessions EP? Um, the closed sessions. I don't think I caught that. Oh shit! You gotta check that out. He's like featured on one of their songs. It's like a compilation album with a few artists. Like, Kem- do you know who Kembe X is? Yeah, yeah ooh. He, I think. Ooh, that's crazy! You said Kembe X from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I think they have. I think they're on the same album. I don't know for sure if they're featured or not together, but like Dave V and Kembe even on the same album. That's pretty fucking nuts. God damn, that scared song that Kemba X dropped was wild. That was my shit, bro. Yeah. I would mosh pit to that shit, bro. Yeah. That is shit tight. Hell yeah. So how was how was 2020 for you? Like overall. How would what, was, what are some words to use to describe the experience for you? Um it was just definitely like a moment of growth and opportunity. That's how like I, I understood that and like processed that. That's how I had to process it. Cause like mm. I know for a lot of people, like what was going on would make people crazy. Having like stay in the house, having to not be out, having to not perform. Like I think I shine most when I'm performing. I, I can tell a person I'm an artist, but when I perform, they believe I'm an artist. It's over. <laughs> because I, I'm I'm not like the let me just do the oh hands up. Like, no, like I am like engaged. Like I'm really like from front to back, I, I I rehearse my set twice to three times a week. So like with certain things like that, it was like, dang, we don't really get this opportunity to showcase like some of the things that I'm like, I shine the most at. But since that's happening, why don't I take the opportunity to improve in some of the things that I don't shine the most at? You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like, I always wanted to be one of those artists who said like, 
or I got like 40, 50, 60 tracks, you know what I mean? And now I do, you know what I'm saying? Like, like in this time, like me and my my in-house producer, Ben Sway, we've been able to just like create original content. Mm. That was like one of my biggest goals. With Alone By Choice, a lot of the production, I think one song was created like from a local producer here in Spokane, but everything else like, I sourced and bought the masters for from like YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. there were some producers that I really rocked with and that's how like I went about that. And sure, like I did some like reproduction, like arranged things because like I'm really about compositions, but um, it that was like a different approach than like how I'm doing it now. Like now I'm proud to say like everything that my voice is on, like I, I, I'm a part of on the production side. Like we're building that from scratch, Hell yeah. you know what I'm saying? So. It, it was it was big for me to like really get my foundation like right. I think if anything, COVID really allowed me to have some time to step back, not being this like need to compete with everybody, not being this need to impress anybody, just allow me to just be my best me and like hit my personal goals. You know what I mean? And and so. Like in that mindset, with that, with that being said, like I, I was able to like prosper. I think during this time I prospered. I think during this time I grew so much. And like come like when shows come, when festivals come, I'll be able to show a whole different energy that I've never been able to like put out. Hell yeah. And Ben Swade produced the whole um Special and Shine EP, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He he produced the tape. Hell yeah. Yeah, from front to back. Am I- oh my goodness, bro. Express all Some of those songs. It's just that was a dope ass song. Especially. Thank you, yo. Thank you. And it's crazy because actually, you know, Espresso made the tape like, hands down because Ben like fought for that song. Mm. I I love that. Like I love the energy those songs like put out. But the thing is, like, it's different than the project in a way. Not cadence wise, mm-hmm. but energy wise. Like everything that I'm putting out on my actual LP, like my actual um yeah it'll be an album my uh my album um it's all high energy it's it's very aggressive it's it's this insane um mesh and like fusion of genres you know what I'm saying from the hip hop to 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 the hip hop background and like the neo and the r and b soul like elements that I have to the metal and the rock and the EDM elements that yeah. that Ben have it's like this insane like crazy yes. collaboration yes. you know what I'm saying it's like Linkin Park and Jay-Z got <sighs> together again and made some insane like I don't want to call it a baby but they made the perfect <laughs> human being you know what I'm saying yeah 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 and that's what we're trying to do here and then I feel like we're like really rocking it with added elements from like the homie digital with added vocal vocals from some of my favorites, like Novi and some other like dope people. Yes, so see on the like, come on, man. Hell yeah. Come on. We got some, uh, I told you me and Sam Machado did a couple songs together. That man. is so fucking exciting, dude. Dude. All right. All right. <laughs> as soon as he gets out of fucking rehab, I'm definitely need to get coffee with him or some shit. He's, he's yes. like not too far from me. So that's, he's, he's just, yes. that was a fun conversation we had. And like, I'm super excited to see Sam again. Cause like, I'll tell you one thing about like all that whole situation. It takes a strong man to admit that you need to take a step back and like focus on your health. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It takes a strong person, especially like where he's at. Like I see him and he probably would disagree with me, but I see him as being someone who's successful, someone who is able to tour, someone who is able to do some of the things that I deeply want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just, no, I'm not there yet in my process. I know I'll get there. But 
it, it really does take a strong person to admit, yo, I need to take a moment, a break, and just step back. And not only did he like admit that to himself, but he admitted that to everybody. Yeah. Holy he was shit. honest with everybody. Yeah. So it's like, I look forward to the conversation that me and him have when he's back, you know what I'm saying? I look forward to that. I, I, I'm hoping I'm going to see a new and improving and better and a stronger Sam child. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's just, if anything I've learned about like doing this podcast is like artists are just like people too. I feel like a lot of Amen. people forget, people forget are. that, you know? Oh my gosh. But like, oh my gosh. It's like, I feel like that's, it's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's the tough thing, especially like being an artist. Like, yes, um, our fan base, our, our community want to see what they forget actually is that everything that we're releasing is the highlights. Yeah. Think about it. It's the best of the best. And so because of that, that is their perception of us that we are this every time. And sure. Like, yes, I'm going to feed that energy to the day I die. If you want, if you want to think I'm perfect, God damn it. I'm perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I always thought of perfect is like what we define it as. Huh? I don't really believe in like true perfection. I just believe in like our version of perfection. Yeah. So like, if you want to believe I'm perfect, fine. Mm. But don't forget, like, yo, I am a man who bleeds. I am a person. I am a human being. I have emotions. I have feelings. I have struggles, just like everybody else. You know what I mean? Sometimes even harder. Mm. Like, I'm an independent artist. I do not want to get signed to a label. I want a distribution distribution deal. I want support from a label. I want them to know that, hey, I have my brand on lock. I have my direction on lock. Here's my next one, two, three, four, five-year goals. And here's how I plan to do it. I just need your support, you know, a little residual income. Yeah. And throw me in the right direction to really get my music out to where it needs to be. But, like, as simple as that sounds, like, what I'm trying to do, what a lot of people in the PNW upper left are trying to do, because a lot of us are still independent artists, it's, 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 it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult, especially from coming from like an area like the PNW. We're not like we're not known as much for music. We're known for like tech. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. On like a larger scale, like most people would think like the Microsoft and, and like the Amazon and stuff like that. But we have such a strong musical background with the Nirvanas. And again, the Macklemore's, the Sir Makes a Lot. We got uh, Odessa, right? EDM. Yeah, yeah, like, we yeah, have yeah. so many, like, that wide spectrum of, like, talent here that people aren't really, like, identifying and realizing we got. Yeah, man. It's, we just, like, I'm doing my part as I can. You know, media's, like, having a media outlet's very important. It's just, I think we're building you're, it. You're I, giving us a voice, man. Yeah. You really are. You're giving us a voice. You're giving us a lane to, like, well, one, be human. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Victim, the song Victim makes me feel like a superhero. Like, I, I killed Macintosh, fool. Dude, you, you know what fucking mean? did. I, anytime I listen, I'm not going to lie. Anytime I listen to that song, I'm like, okay, 10 seconds till Macintosh is over. Now it's you. Now it's Django. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and like, shit. look, I mean, that dude is tall. Like, all the photos we did, we had to be sitting down. I say, hey, look, Matt, if you don't mind, could want to sit down so we can take these photos. How tall are you? <laughs> I'm uh five five. Oh shit, I'm five six. Small small What's guy up? gang. There we go. Come on, what's going on? <laughs> We're like Kevin Hart, Lil Wayne, Tory Lane's height. Yes, Kendrick Lamar <laughs> too. On. Like you know. Oh oh yeah, K dot. Yep. Of course. Yeah, my brother. Dude, yeah, victim. My brother. Victim was probably honestly the first song I heard of you though, and that just perfect showcase. I was like, that's good. Holy that's shit, that's good. If you like victim, you're gonna love my project. Good. Because that's what that is. Like victim is 
more upbeat, it's more aggressive, it's distorted, it's dirty, it's, it, you know what I'm saying? It's raw, like, it's everything that I, I like. Like, I'm a black rock star, you dig? Hell so, yeah. like, that type of energy all day, every day. Like, I'm trying to mosh pit, I'm trying to wild out. I'm, I'm not surfing the crowd. I'm diving in, hoping they catch me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, I, I really believe in like that wild anarchist energy. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. a lot of my music represents that. Hell and again, yeah. we're breaking, we're breaking the genre lines. We're doing so much more than just trying to be a rapper, bro. Like, I'm, I'm trying to make classical, not classical, but like classic music. Yeah. When's fucking Seattle? Timeless. When can Times is a better word. When can Seattle artists get fucking Kenny G on? He's working with The Weeknd and fucking Kanye, but like, we need Kenny. We need some Seattle artists working with Kenny G. That's all. Like, that's all. Truth. I'm gonna hit up Kenny G myself. Shit. <laughs> hey, Hell let yeah. me slide in. You're so true, man. That's that's again. That's that 13 block syndrome. Like, a lot of the artists, like they got their producer, they got their engineer, and they in Seattle. Like, I don't want to say a lot. I just say. From my perspective, from what I'm seeing, a lot of them just kind of stick to what they know, You're not wrong. what they've done. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's like, I keep going back to Samuel Child, and it's, it's interesting that I do this. But with Sam, like, he, he made a point at, at a certain point to be like, yo, I'm going to start working with different artists. I'm going to work with artists who are not in my same palette, who don't make the same music as me. I, I want to create interesting composition. I want to create interesting songs. I thought that's fire, but I was like, people like that actually appreciate music and not just appreciate themselves. Yeah. There's a lot of like people who, when you look at them, when you deal with them, when you talk with them, you're like, damn, your ego's bigger than a room, fool. Yeah. And I dig that, but like, I, I like people who are humble, open to work. Like Macintosh, one of the most humblest dudes I know. Oh, man. Every time he comes to Spokane, he just messages me. He just texts me, what you doing was good. I'm out here shooting a video, pop up, like, Every time I'm in Seattle and like sometimes I have a problem communicating and shit. But this nigga will see me like, yo, bro, I see you on your IG, you Seattle fool, what you doing? What are you doing? Let's catch dinner, let's do something. Like there's there's so many like really humble cats. And you can tell they're humble because they're like featureless speech for itself. Like mm. who they work with speaks for themselves. And like their, their diversity speaks for itself. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Fucking Macintosh. We keep playing phone tag. We've been playing phone tag for like a fucking year now. Jesus Christ. Say it. He's dope as fuck. Though. I should have brought him. I, I literally was just with him yesterday. Oh, shit. That's funny. Yeah, he was fuck. shooting something out here uh, with freaking everything. So he was all hanging out doing the thing. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I was trying to get him over to some fast car. Oh, shit. But I don't know. The dude, I don't know if he's ready to be racing like that. <laughs> so when do, you, when do you think that fucking shows will open back up? Do you... Do you have hope that it's sooner than later or are you kind of being like no it's gonna be another year or so i'll put it like this last year i had festivals for march that were pushed all the way to september mm. and then when september came it got pushed to next year september jesus i got an email a couple of weeks ago saying that they're gonna be pushing it all the way to 2022 mm. so as far as live shows and really get into like big events worldwide, I know they're doing some like stuff in Florida, like Wendy's and you don't want to go down apparently. there. Apparently, <laughs> they don't give a Super damn. Bowl, you know what Jesus. I mean? Oh my God, they don't care at all, yo. I see what Blueface be doing out there too. Like, yo, like they don't care at all. But as far as like 
worldwide, like I don't see shows coming back till 2022. Mm. But again, like areas of opportunity that gives me more opportunities to seek out some of these live stream shows and be what well, I think about live stream shows. It gives you an opportunity to like really stage the show. You can make it as like animated and like TV show type TV. thought out. As, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you're really watching a show. Whereas in like a live show experience where everyone's there, it's like, I can't help but feed off the energy. Mm. So I'm gonna go wild. It's gonna be chaotic. It's gonna be controlled chaos. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas in like, like the live stream shows, it's like just pure bliss. It's just like, yo, I can control the entire environment. I'm like calm demeanor. I can like really just deliver this message to you. Mm. I think that's important for artists to hear though, that you got that email. You know, I think, I think people, not enough people are like, thinking realistic about this virus this shit is no joke it's not the flu anyone who thinks it's the flu is it's not this is definitely fucking if you're like in an industry that really depends on like connecting with people you really understand that this isn't like a fucking joke this is not a fucking joke hey you know the crazy part washington is one of the worst off states yeah we are one of the worst off states and people over here do not get that I still see people out every day without their masks on. And what makes it even tougher being in Spokane, this is the toughest part. In Idaho, you're not required to wear masks. Mm. So you get a lot of those people that will come over here. <laughs> Spread that shit over here. Caring. I'm like, and I, I don't even want to like frame it like that. Yeah. I don't want the Idaho State Police calling me up talking about whoop whoop. You up here defaming our state or some shit. But I'm just saying, like, I live 20 minutes away and I see it way more often than not. And then you get the the young kids. Like, there's a lot of like the younger generation here who just don't care too. I, I feel it, but yeah. fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. But with this, there's a lot of people who are working in silent in the music industry. They're just going to be releasing some fucking masterpieces that no one's even paying attention to yet. Bruh. And, and not only that, but the opportunity to collaborate with people, like all these people who, who because like we had shows, because of like social media, because of like the advantage that we had um, at the time and where the market was, a lot of these people seem a lot bigger than they were. Mm. And now it's kind of like leveled the playing field. Yeah. So like now a lot of the artists who are on that larger scale are so more open to like working with more of the emerging artists or like the, the, the next up and coming artists or artists with a little bit of buzz. You know what I'm saying? Because like we're trying to find more efficient ways to progress. Like you got to think like not only at the same time are we not able to do shows, but like like Instagram and different like social medias, like their algorithms are changing. So everyone's taking like weird hits in a time that we have less money to be taking weird hits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dang, we're like suffering here. I can't even get my like posts out to my people because you changed the algorithm and I'll be damned if I'm paying outside my butt just for a picture. Like you got me jacked yeah. up. You know what I mean? So like, like people are so like a lot more open to like the organic connection. They're so more open, like, damn, okay, you're from Spokane, I'm from Seattle, you have a fan base, let's let's make it make sense, let's let's do it for the one time, let's do it. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I've been in convos with Travis, I've, I, I've, before everything that was going on, like, I've had plenty of conversations with Raz in the years prior, up until now, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I'm sure in the future, future from now, 
um, as things like get better, we'll, we'll open those conversations back up. Um, me and Mac, we're gonna do something again. Like we, well, I already, yeah, I already got something slated. Oh my we god, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we already got that figured out. I I knew once we did that song, I was like, this shit is tight because we're like rapping. It's not like it was a song because our I mean our verses are so versatile. So like we're kind of like just giving y'all hooks, but um, we gotta give y'all a song, song. We gotta give y'all something for the people, Dude, so everybody can bop to. You switched like two to three different times like in the cadence it was insane that song i mean look matt called me up matt called me up and within two days i had written the verse and sent it back to him wow period he was like yo i need this he called me up on a thursday i was at a bar yo i was like oh man he's like hey bro i'm about to send this song over to you it's tight oh i got a verse on it hey if you want to put a verse on it um I need it done in two days. So I was like, <laughs> damn. I was like, yo, what's going on? I was like, no doubt, no doubt. So literally hit up Ben. He was like, yo, sure, whatever. We'll make it happen. Wrote that shit and put it out. Like, And like the biggest thing that was important for me for that track, because I knew it was going to be like Seattle. I knew like Gab was going to hear it. I knew like Sam would hear it. I knew like Romero. Like everybody was going to hear that song. So it was important for me to flex as as, as much as possible. Mm. Right? I had to like, I had to just like shoot my freaking shot. You know what I'm talking about? Hell yeah. And that really like opened up so many opportunities. I think like, did that song? No, that song came out actually right after the sessions. Yeah, so me and Mac had already made like two or three songs. And then we did that. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm excited for the sessions, man. I'm excited for oh, some of the music that we have like, slated to come out some of the features that i'm on other people's projects like it's it's definitely been a quiet like 2020 but come like mid 2021 um definitely 2022 nah i'm gonna be shouting i swear to god i swear to god dude no one is ready for the seattle sessions that shit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is gonna be insane the only thing that i wish I wish like Jarv, I wish Gifted Gab, I wish Karma, Top. There was some artists that I really wanted there because I'd like, yo, I want to do a song mm-hmm. with Jarv. I've been wanting to do a song with Gab since she started making music for. I didn't even know how I could rap. <laughs> and she would do this shit. I was like, yo, she's dope. My mom would be like, yo, uh, you know, Gifted Gab. I was like, mom, chill, chill, chill. I'm trying to do my thing. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, like that was the only thing I feel like I missed from that. But yo, there was like easily a hundred plus artists. It was easily mm. ten plus like producers and like intelligent engineers and just like so much creative like juices going on. Like I've never made so much music at one time. Yeah. I've never, I've never. We were there for two days. Now I know I was on at least like 13, 14 tracks. Oh, no, not every song's gonna go on the project, mm. but I touched. 13, 14 tracks, fool. I know it. I know it. Damn. Like, it's, I've heard that there's there's going to be some artists, like probably like Little Mosey or Macklemore, that gets they can send in their feature or there's something like that going on, right? Woo! Let me know. Yeah. Let me know. Yes. I, I, I definitely heard that too. Chase, um, Chase, he likes to, he loves to get everybody excited, man. <laughs> he likes to like give you a little bit without like saying too much. 
or actually, I should say, give you a lot without saying too much. You'd be like, yeah, we got some big days, potentially going on, we're making some cuts, so whoop, whoop. I'm like, but who? And he's like, you'll see when you see it. I'm like, all right, mm. all right, whatever, whatever. Just look how, look how Revenge of the Dreamers 3 was handled. Like, we're in, you guys are and in you good know, hands. You're in good hands. You you know Chase Fade helped shoot that. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. You guys are in okay. good hands. You're in good hands. Okay. You're in good hands. <laughs> Yo, I remember when he was out there. Yo, you don't even... Me and Chase, it's so crazy. I met Chase. Um, it was the second year they were doing Upstream. Okay. And I was actually, I believe, did Boz? No, no, no. He didn't meet Boz at Upstream, but he met Boz, I believe, at Capitol Hill. And I was like, I literally watched Chase run over and meet this man. And I literally seen like what that manifested and like where that put him. Wow. I literally was like in those moments, like he came back to me and my manager after meeting Boz and was like, yo, just met Boz, bro. Like dude's impressed. Dude, dude, dude. He's talking about like bringing me on tour and all this stuff. And I was like, Holy what the fuck, bro? What the fuck? When I met Chase, he was talking about, oh yeah, you know, I do the photography and I'm cool. And like, you know, I rap a little bit too. Like that was like my first impression of this dude. Mm. And now all of a sudden I literally watch his like, I watch his bill just. Huh. You know who I got? I got fucking loot on my podcast. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Loot? Yeah, loot's on my podcast. Loot? Yeah. Carolina Savior? Yeah, man. <laughs> Bruh. I watched him perform 2018. What day was that? I can't remember the day. I actually... Actually, I just posted about it because it was a year ago, like on the 4th. So it must have been like January, February 4th, like 2017. Mm. Um, actually, sorry, 2018. JID was doing the Never the Never Tour. Okay. Yes. And so he brought Earth Gang yeah. and he brought Loot and he brought this other dude who ended up getting a song in like uh, Madden uh, 2018. Oh, he was super tight. Do you know who Black Soul is? That... Black Soul is what? from Tacoma. Is he lighter skin? He's pretty dark. He's from um he's from Tacoma and Okay. He, he, Loot and Black Soul. The, I, I interviewed both of them like back to back. They have the same manager and their song, I think it's called Get It and Go, was it's it's on Madden 2021 soundtrack. So Loot's on Oh yeah. I'm gonna do my education and look that up. Yeah. Black Soul. Yeah. How's it spelled? B L A K K Soul. S O U L. Yep. Easy, easy, easy. I should have known. Yeah. But that time, was, that was the first time I actually met Luke, met Earth Gang, met JID. And so when Luke was performing, this fool was so drunk <laughs> that he, he had to do his hit song. I can't remember what it was. But he had to, like, he redid this. He, like, replayed it. He's like, let's play it again. Because he kept dropping the first verse. Oh, so no. He, he was so fucking faded. They had to redo the song three times. Oh my god! I couldn't believe it. Like it was the wildest, like wildest experience of a show I ever. Done. I've never. Wow, you're like fucked up, dude. <laughs> like, yo, you're jacked up. And he was like all cheery face. You know when black people was like blush. Yes. It's like wild. Like, you can barely see, it, but you're like, damn, nigga, you wilding out right now, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. God damn, but Luke, yo, like that type of shit though. Like that's an honest person. There's a lot of artists who try like put on a persona like mm. as you should you know what i mean like that's what the fans want so like, i respect it but like luke you can tell he's a down-to-earth person you can tell so many people from dreamville 
or down-to-earth people. Like, they're genuine. Like, they actually are open to meeting you. Meet or greet or not. Like, mm-hmm. I met J.I.D. My manager said that nigga's life. Wow. You know what I mean? Swear to God. Like, wait, you know, wait, wait, wait. we were yeah, Tell uh, me this. I got to hear this. <laughs> we're at the croc. We're at the croc. And um, so we're in the alleyway where the tour, where the tour bus was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so J.I.D., he's just chilling. He doesn't understand the Seattle-like way. Like, he's standing in the middle of the road. And literally, this dude hits the corner of just some random pedestrian or driver hits the corner and just speeding down it. My manager literally grabs this nigga and like saves him from getting hit from a car. Holy Swear shit. Swear to God. <laughs> and this dude, J.I.D., was like the softest response I've ever seen. Just like, oh my God, he just saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nigga, no way. Stop. Stop. You're tripping right now. 100%. It might be in his um, never end or the never doc. I know he did like two docs to the, the east side and the west side. Mm-hmm. And I swear, I swear we're in it. I swear we're in it. Oh, shit. That's, dude, Dreamville, that's like, that's, that's a camp that you really want to be a part of. Those guys. Yeah. 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 I made it. If a- they didn't already have a JID, I'd want to be, that'd be like the label I would like. I want to get signed up. Mm-hmm. But they already have the JID. You know what I'm saying? I, they can't have two. Really. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they could, but I, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to like put some pressure on the ID. Really. <laughs> I ain't trying to do that to him. I just want to be a friend. Dude, that's that's the thing. This 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 fucking music community is just so massive, and it's like, ah, it's so great. I could just talk about it like twenty four seven. Like all, that's what I do. You know, I'm just talking to artists, and it's just it's a great time, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a fun time, man, and it's crazy too, cause like. In Spokane, from a general basis, like we don't have, we do, but we don't. Like there's a lot of people who just aren't that passionate mm-hmm. about like the arts and culture, you know what I'm saying? And that's just like, I say that on a general basis, but we still do have like a strong arts community. We still have, excuse me, we still have like an industry here. We still have pillars. We still have people who care about quality standards and like really bring this community up. And what people don't realize is like, entertainment moves cities it really does it moves cities like think about oh you're probably not even familiar with this but like we have like the bean crosby and um that was an yeah, actor i love bean crosby yeah. okay say <laughs> see what i'm saying but like we have the bean crosby theater because he spent a lot of his time out here in spokane he, he went to school out there in gonzaga yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean like he, he he's a staple to our city in our area to the fact that we we named the theater that's like you know, 1920s right something like that yes yes see yes, i yes, dude, yes. i'm a musical okay. i'm a connoisseur cool. of the music cool. yeah. hey when they ask you what's good in spokane talk about being crosby man don't forget come on and gonzaga not not many people have the number one ranked college basketball team I mean, come on let's go oh yeah but, come on oh, yeah. come on no one gives us that but we got the number one ranked college basketball team mm. right here in Spokane. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, damn, like, what, what else What, what else do you want? You know what I mean? Come on. Jeez, just, Swear. just Washington in general is just a crazy state. You got the desert, you got the ocean, yeah. forests, yeah. mountains, fucking yes. everything you could want. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I was talking to, um, there's this, like, weird perspective we had, because I, I was talking about, I was talking to Christopher, and we were like, a uh, visual subject. He's a videographer, and we had this conversation because we were talking about like if we should shoot in the winter, or if we should shoot like at a later time on the desert or something. He was like, "You know the crazy thing about people in like California or like Arizona, 
Like when people see snow, they wow out because they've never seen that in their state before. Mm. And I was like, really? Like I've always been in a place like four seasons, but I was like, damn, I never had that perspective. Like in a place where there's like snow and like blizzards, like that could be like a insanely interesting aesthetic to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like just our culture, like we have that, we have the four seasons, especially in Spokane. I know Seattle, it's more like less snow, just more rain. 24 seven rain. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. But uh, I mean, y'all still have like a decent amount of the season uh, uh, thing going on over there. And like, not only that, like, but we got the wildlife. We also got like the mountains. Yeah. We also got like the trees. We got like a lot of those elements in one area. And people don't realize that, yo. Mm. People do not realize that. Aesthetically, our area is beautiful. And Oregon is beautiful. You know what I mean? Like there is so many, like go to the coast, like mm. amazing. There's so many amazing, whether it be like the waterfalls, uh, the forest, like there's so many different aspects to our place. It's just like, why would you not want to be here? You Hell know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, Django, what is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers? Yes, advice. I think, I guess, first what I would say is before you can have others believe in you, like, you got to believe in yourself 100%. Like, don't be afraid to put yourself on. Don't be afraid to take that first step and, like, reach out to a, a, a book or a promoter and like put your own show on and like do your due diligence. Like don't just like do a random ass show and like, like don't be afraid to take that first step to, to being someone, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people want someone else to help them or like to tell them that, yo, you're somebody, you made it. Like, like don't wait, don't wait, do it, do it, make your mark. And if you didn't hit the mark then, watch the film, like watch the video, like improve, you know what I'm saying? Like don't don't always take yourself so seriously man a lot of people every moment every experience like can like make or break an artist you know what i mean for some people like that literally can like make or break an artist oh i didn't get this gig oh i didn't get this show oh like this artist isn't going to do the future like bump that man show him why he should have took the damn future you know what i'm saying like never doubt, doubt yourself and trust your process again like what i was saying about like artists and how like it's our job to show like our highlight reels. Artists will sometimes get caught up in other people's highlight reels mm. and want to do what they're doing. But you got to remember, yo, they're only showing you the glamorous parts. It's like being outside of a home and you're looking inside the glass windows like, yo, the house looks fucking nice. Mm. But in the back, it's burning down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a lot of people are looking outside of the house, looking through the glass windows like, oh, I want that life. Like, no, take what you got. Take what you got and make it the best everything like what karma did think about what karma did he took justin frick and made the most out of it justin frick was barely mm. who was justin frick <laughs> before some of those moments yeah. like yes yeah, sure he did some stuff with sam with child but i didn't even hear about it until after the sugar video and that's what that's what won justin frick and karma like video production awards mm. like they were winning awards with that video and all of a sudden frick's name is like everywhere like Trust your process. Know where you're going and follow that step. Don't fall off your path when you see someone else doing something cool over there. Like the grass is not green on the other side. Trust me. Everybody got their own shit that they're dealing with, man. Just trust in you, believe in your team, and yeah, like have faith, man. Trust the process. Hell yeah. Play your game within the game. Hell yeah. And what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Um, yep, yeah, always. 
off top, you can hit my website, www.jangolives.com. That's J-A-N-G-O-L-I-V-E-S.com. And I'm super active on my Instagram, so that's jangolives, um, J-A-N-G-O-L-I-V-E-S. Honestly, all my tags, Snapchat, IG, Twitter. I'm on Clubhouse, like Jangle Lives. You can find me everywhere. Hell yeah. Well, this is the NAS podcast with... Your boy Django, baby. Come on.